session with Dr. Farid Holakou. Good afternoon and welcome to In Session with Dr. Fadi Tolakwi. I'm your host, Dr. Fadi Tolakwi, and I'll be with you for the next two hours here on Radio Hamra. Studio number to call in, 310-441-0555. I'm a licensed clinical psychologist, so you can call in with any questions related to clinical psychology, including any emotional or psychological issues, parenting issues, and relationship issues as well. You can also follow me on Twitter or Instagram, or like my page on Facebook to get updates on the show, or suggest topics or books for the program, and the shows are uploaded at the end of each week to my SoundCloud page and free podcast on iTunes. Again, the studio number, 310-441-0555. All right, going to make the last announcement for my cruise this weekend. It actually is not too late to sign up. March 9th through the 12th, going to Ensenada, Mexico with commercial travel, and I'll be doing a few seminars on dating, relationships, success, and emotional intelligence, along with at least one question and answer session as well. So if you want more information, you can call commercial travel at 818-883-8100. So that's this weekend, leaving on Friday from Long Beach here close to Los Angeles. Hope to see you there. Uh, really looking forward to it this weekend. All right. Um, the book for this week, uh, let me announce that. It is No More Mr. Nice Guy by Dr. Robert Glover. No More Mr. Nice Guy, a proven plan for getting what you want in love, sex, and life. Uh, and a caller I spoke with last week, I made the recommendation uh, for this book to him, and I hadn't read it for many, many years, and so um, it made me remember this book and decide to add it to the list. So that'll be the book I'll talk about next week. But to start today's show, uh, first of all, I wanted to say a big thank you to Dr. David Levy, who joined me on the show Monday night and uh, to discuss his book, Mindful Tech, which was the book of the week for the past week. And it was very nice to have him on to share his thoughts on the book and talk about it. And I hope uh, people will check the book out. Essentially, as the title implies mindful tech, it's making us become or helping us become more aware of how we can actually use technology in a more mindful way and to be more aware of the things that we're doing and has some exercises to help us become more balanced in how we use our technologies. And I thought that was wonderful and I really appreciate him coming on um, to speak with me over the phone for Monday night's show. And I actually already put that one online in case you want to check it out on SoundCloud or uh, iTunes. Um, but because of that, I wanted to talk a bit about mindfulness and meditation today because uh, essentially the book is looking at how we can actually approach the way we use technology, our phones, uh, social media, laptops, iPads, whatever it might be, with more intention and with more mindfulness. And as I mentioned to him uh, on the show, and I think it's something worth looking at, it's not just about being mindful in our technology. Mindfulness is something we can bring to everything that we do. Uh, everything that we uh, experience can be more mindful. And some of the ways that he outlines the exercises can be useful and in a way I'll talk about that approach in looking at our life. So one of the things he has you do in the book is observe yourself 
doing something like checking email, which might seem kind of mundane or not very significant, but it's something that we can spend a lot of time with, and we might not realize all the things that are happening for us um, internally and externally. And that's really one of the main focuses of the book is to improve our self-awareness. And that's a big part of mindfulness. Now, we might not think much is going on for us when we're doing something like checking email, but people who go through the exercises, and I experience this myself, recognize there is so much going on. First of all, physically, there can be so much going on, just in how you're sitting, or you might not recognize there's tension in your shoulders, um, or in your hands, or the way your legs are is not very comfortable, or there might be tension in your body because you're feeling anxious about emails and how many emails you see on your screen or um, a deadline that you notice in one of the uh, emails or something that's asked of you or you're not sure how to respond. Whatever it might be, a lot of things will be going on and the whole idea is to become more mindful or aware of what's happening. So mindfulness, many people think about living in the present and it makes you more aware of your surroundings. And absolutely it does that. But when we're more mindful, we're also more attuned and connected to ourselves. So I can feel what's happening within me, both physically and mentally, or even the thoughts that I'm having. So being more mindful means that I'm actually more aware and present with myself as well. Now also a big uh, focus of the book is that we can choose where to turn our attention. And many of us don't do that. We go through our day and whatever happens to happen is what we focus on. Or we don't realize that so much of our focus inside of our heads is not on anything that we're actually trying to focus on, but worrying about things in the future or thinking about things in the past or just uh, daydreaming or thinking about something that maybe isn't relevant or going to be helpful to us in that moment. So the focus of our attention, in a lot of ways, we don't make it in our control or we don't give ourselves that choice. And that's something that we want to do, to be aware of, okay, where am I focusing my attention right now? If I'm going to take out my phone, is there a purpose for it? Or am I just trying to distract myself because I'm feeling anxious or bored or don't want to be alone with my thoughts and feelings and just want to get away with it and somehow get away from it in some way? So being more intentional, asking ourselves why. Why am I doing this right now? Why am I choosing this behavior? And even when it comes to something like addiction, we often ask people to take this little step. Okay, you have an urge to smoke a cigarette, but before you do, even just wait a minute and ask yourself, what am I feeling right now? Why do I want to smoke? Is it a physical craving? I feel that physical craving. Is there a boredom that I'm having and I want to fill up my time? Is it I'm anxious and I want something to calm me down? This information can be very important for us to better understand ourselves and what is causing us to take certain steps and oftentimes to do things we actually would hope we didn't do. If we want to stop smoking, we can't just say, okay, I want to stop and I don't want to think about why I do it. We have to actually look at what's going on, what's leading to me to turn to this behavior. Why am I smoking? Why am I doing what I'm doing? And of course, you know, we could talk about something like smoking, which we think of as just a bad thing because it's not going to be healthy for us. But a lot of times the choices we make, it's a lot less clear. And we want to be more intentional with how we live our lives. But the only way we can be more intentional and do things with purpose 
is if we're actually aware of what and why we're doing what we do. And when I say purpose, I want to make it very clear that it doesn't mean that everything we do has to be productive. And unfortunately, that's something that people think. Well, if I'm going to be more mindful and more aware of what I'm doing, that means I shouldn't waste any time. Everything has to be productive. And that's not the case. We need relaxation. We need to unwind. We need to rest. We can even do things that have no real purpose. And you can watch TV for quite a bit of time. That's perfectly okay. As long as you're aware of what you're doing, why you're doing it, and it fits into the routine or life that you want to create for yourself. We want to live a life with intention. So you can watch TV for 10 hours straight and maybe say, you know what, I needed one day to unwind. Maybe 10 hours sounds extreme, but let's just say, and that could be okay. But what can be a problem is if every night you're watching five hours of TV when you don't want to watch any TV, or you say, I'm just going to watch 30 minutes of TV. That's when it becomes a problem. So being more aware and checking in can help us understand what we're doing and choose to do what we feel okay about and not do the things we don't feel okay with. So being more mindful can help us in this way. And a great way to become more mindful is through practicing meditation. Um, Dr. Levy on Monday, he mentioned that he does meditate himself and a lot of the exercises he describes in the book, uh, he even talks about some breathing exercises that are essentially meditative and how there is a meditative quality to the activities and the exercises that he describes in the book. And so again, I've, I've made this um, point many times, but I'll bring it up again. Including meditation into your life can be a very helpful way to, first of all, do things like help with anxiety and depression, but also improve and increase your concentration and ability to focus and to make you more mindful in your everyday life and interactions. And so when people hear something like meditation, I know there is this fear of, well, I don't have time or I don't know how to do it or it's too difficult or that it's for not someone like me. It's for people that are new age or younger or whatever it might be or maybe older or whatever your thoughts and misconceptions might be about meditation. I'm here to let you know it's not any of those things. It's someone that anyone can benefit from and anyone can do. You don't have to be a yogi or some kind of master in meditation or a monk who lives in the mountains to meditate. You just need a few minutes a day and that's it. And I think all of us can have a few minutes a day that we can use towards this. Some people say if you don't have a few minutes a day to meditate, that means you need to meditate even more or give yourself even more time because that means you're so stressed and overwhelmed that you actually are going to need more of the meditation to help you feel better. So the process of meditation, there are so many different forms and types. And as far as I know, there isn't one particular kind that's the best one. It is something that feels right to you. But really what we're talking about in the breathing exercises that Dr. Levy outlines in Mindful Tech is focusing on the breath. That's one of the simplest forms. So essentially what you do is you sit in a quiet space um, you try to sit in a place where you won't be very distracted, although some people might choose to find a more distracting place to see if they can still focus. But nonetheless, find a quiet space, sit comfortably. You can close your eyes. Most people do that. Um, and you just focus on your in-breaths and out-breaths. You take deep breaths in through your nose and breathe them out through your mouth. And you try your best to just focus on the breath in and out. 
it sounds simple enough, and he mentions that in the book, and it is very simple. We're just saying focus on your breath. But it's not easy because what people quickly find is that they, they try to focus on their breath and maybe they'll take one or two uninterrupted, but then a thought will come into their mind, maybe about something they have to do next or a worry, or even, what am I doing? Is this a waste of time? Should I stop? All sorts of thoughts will come to your mind, and that's okay. Your job is to then notice the thoughts. Don't judge them or don't get mad at yourself about them, but just focus yourself back on the breath. So essentially, you're letting go of the thought the best that you can. You're not getting upset, you're not getting mad, and you come back to focusing on the breath again. And you're going to have to do this time and time again. Even if you do it for just five minutes, we might think, oh, that's pretty easy to focus on my breath for five minutes. You'll probably get distracted 50 to 100 times in five minutes. And that's okay. Because the big part about meditation is it's not about doing it right or doing it wrong. It's about just doing it. And it's a process. And what you'll see is that actually the more you do it, the more you'll be able to stay focused on the breath. You'll get easier or become easier for you to do that and the distractions become less, but they never go away and that's okay. But just taking five minutes a day, whether it's in the morning or at night, can really have a big impact on you in the long term, improving your focus and concentration, but also giving you more calm and a sense of peace, reducing things like anxiety and feelings of depression also. So the book Mindful Tech, I highly recommend it for anyone who has not read it um, to check it out. It's a very easy read also and very informative. But for me, it's about focusing on, yes, definitely being more mindful in how we use our technology, but being more mindful in everything that we do throughout our days, our relationships, our interactions. We can be more mindful and in that way be more aware and make sure we're choosing to live the life we want to live, not just letting our lives happen to us. All right, let's go to our first commercial break, studio number 3104410555. You're listening to In Session with Dr. Fatty Delacqui. We'll be right back. In Session with Dr. Fatty Delacqui. back. Let's go to a caller. Radio Hamra, you're on the air. Hello. Hi. Hi. Um, I have a question regarding um, finding the right person. And um, I don't know how to start this, but okay. I'm a 32-year-old uh, lady, I'll say, and I have several degrees. And um, I don't know, I think I'm I know what I want, but um, the people who I'm surrounded with are not the type that I'm looking for, and um, I kind of look like much younger than my age. So I was thinking, what are your, I know this is very broad, but I wanted to know what's, um, what's your kind of prescription to find the right person if you want to, like, you know, be successful in your life um, and, you know having a great marriage and um, kids and, you know, 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, I mean, it is a big question, like you said, it is in a way broad, and what might be good is to get a better idea of where you find yourself having a hard time. You said not finding the right people. You mentioned looking younger. Um, so what have you had, what do you find difficult about finding the right person, or where have you found challenges? Um, so, um, okay, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, like... I have uh, like proposals from um, from gentlemen who are much younger than me, and I think I can't deal with um, younger guys okay. uh, because you know I uh, I know like this was very like stereotyping things, but I kind of look like a CEO type uh, personality in them. What kind of but, personality? Uh, like a CEO. Okay, CEO. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I know, like uh, it's not it's a definition of um, of a character, but by that I mean like someone who knows what she's doing and um, you know have a like a goal and uh, something like that. I believe. Okay, but you're saying you keep attracting younger men? No, I'm not. No, you're attracting. They're you're attracting them to you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, correct. So how are you even, I mean, what do you do to date or look for partners? Are you online or are you trying anything uh, to meet men? Um, so, well, I, because I'm currently um, pursuing like a higher degree, um, so I meet them either at school or actually um, I tried online, but that was not a good choice because um that was not good at all. Why was it not good? Um, because, um, I don't know, either they, like, they're not honest or they're looking for, like, a, something that is not, like, for a longer term, just like, like, um, I know, I, I don't want to say, like, one night, but, like, very, very short-term sure. thing. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, that's not necessarily different from what you're going to experience in the real world. You know, the people, what I always say is the people online, they're not from some parallel universe. They're just the people in real life, but they're making online dating profiles. So especially for men wanting something shorter term um, and maybe lying about themselves, both, you know, both men and women are going to do that. So you're going to experience that anywhere. Uh, you you will, I'm sure online, yes, there's frustrations where you maybe match with someone and you connect with them and then when you see them they're different from what they said or you know somehow it's a bad experience but for me what i always say is it's not online dating it's online meeting and then you date in person and it's going to have all the hiccups and hang-ups that you have in real dating where most of the time it doesn't work out Uh, you know people can lie about what they want lie about who they are you know all those things can happen regardless of where you meet someone but i wouldn't discount online dating and take that out of your repertoire of meeting people because it's going to expose you to more people and maybe at school you're surrounded by younger men anyway and that's not what you're saying you're looking for yeah um i think i still carry my traditional um um persian side mm-hmm. and also i'm now in a like a modern world yeah. so maybe that's like the controversial that is just like putting me here so i don't want to let my tradition part 
go away, and still, you know, I'm I'm living in a modern world. So, um, well, so do you mean some of the for you online dating? You don't like it because it's not traditional. Um. Well, it, it's not traditional, and um, I don't know. Um, I'm sometimes like I'm not okay with all of uh, you know. All of the people, like all of the um, the things that it requires you to be involved in the relationship. So, um, okay, yeah. What do you mean? Do you what do you mean by that? Are you talking about sexual relationship? Correct. Okay. So yeah, maybe you know. So one, I would say, when well, you asked me kind of for a prescription, and I probably won't give you a clear one, but I would say, to me, online dating is. I'm very much in favor of it for people to. Um, try to put themselves out there in that way. And I know a lot of people, especially as you said, traditional, um, have some issues with it. Just they feel like it's, I've heard it's not natural or the right way to meet someone. Um, But to me, all the ways we meet people, I don't know what natural really means. There's just so many ways we do it. And I think it's totally okay. And I always try to uh, encourage people to get out there uh, online because it's a great way to expose the number of people you're you could possibly meet that might be more your type and then again it's online meeting and then the dating you do in person and figure out if you're a match or not but it just gives you more opportunities um, but tell me a bit about your dating experiences the relationships you have been in and maybe what some of the issues were there um so i have been in relationships with like people who have great wonderful careers like um well um like they were very successful people but they don't know how to handle a like a relationship mm-hmm. and um so that's like why i'm you know a, a bit of stress because um uh i'm a successful person in my like academics and like my background but i think i just need to you know be like chop chop for like you know for my future, like I want to have a family, and I think like I'm gonna be late if I want to be a mom. So, and I don't want to make him like a really bad marriage because I wanted to get married, like uh-huh. ASAP, you know. Uh-huh. Okay, so, so you're feeling uh, that pressure, but let but tell me about you know the pattern you mentioned. Like the men you've dated have been successful, but you're saying they couldn't quite handle a relationship. What do you mean by yeah. that? So, um, so. So for one of my relationships, I um, the uh, the gentleman was um, like asking me to go back to Iran and leave there for like after we get married, mm-hmm. and um, this is not what I was looking for. And uh, like she wanted, like he wanted me to be uh, like a quite uh, like a home person, like a homey wife, mm-hmm. cooking, not raising kids, and, like, I I want to, like, uh, like, my character is, like, more like a, you know, not a feminist, but, you know, I want to have my own business, I want to, like, go for running, and, like, I can't do all of these back home. You, you can't go, you said running, like going for runs? Yeah, correct. But he was not okay with you going for a run? Um, I think I can't do that at, back home. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Really well, I mean, if you don't want to live in Iran, yeah, well, that, that's obviously a big change if you're not wanting to yeah. live in Iran. Yeah, so this is, yeah, so this is one thing. And I, by the you said that you're not sure if you consider yourself a feminist. I hope 
well, I mean, I want to say I hope you do, because I definitely do, because uh, a feminist is, to me, someone who wants equal rights for women and men. Exactly. So, um, but, but, you know, it's interesting, because in some ways you're saying you are more traditional, but then when it comes to the gender roles, it seems like you don't want the yeah. traditional gender roles. Well, that's exactly it. That's yeah. exactly it that, you know, confuses myself as well. So I don't know where I'm standing. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it just takes me back all these traditional things. Yeah. And sometimes I just want to like break them and just like set myself free. Yeah. Well, what you're dealing with is what many people who are, uh, you know, we can call them bicultural or immigrants are dealing with, which is trying to figure out who they are and what they want. And big ones are related to uh, culture, especially when it comes to gender roles are very key because it seems like you are, in between in some ways you like some very traditional things but then also when it comes to certain gender roles you don't want the traditional and so you feel that it might be hard to find someone who's on the same page with you that is in that in between in the same way that you are and that can be can be challenging so you do have to be ready for that but also rather than just focusing on finding the right person we also have to focus on really you knowing what you want because it seems like you are a little bit confused. You're experiencing some of the identity confusion that someone from two cultures can experience. How long have you been in the United States? Um, it's around like two years. Okay, so not very long. Yeah. Okay, and your desire is to stay? Um, I, I think so, yeah. Okay, so you're not totally convinced. I just was saying because you mentioned that one guy wanted to go back to Iran and you said you didn't want to. Um, but even in how you answered, I'm not sure if you're sure yet. Um, well, like that's like maybe after 10 or 20 years. So. That you'd want to go back? Maybe, yeah. It's not for sure, but I know that I want to stay. Okay, so for now you want to establish your life here? Yes, correct. Okay. Okay, um, so that, that that does change things. Of course, you, you know, early on in the relationship, you want to talk to someone or even before it becomes a relationship about what they're looking for, what you're looking for, and even in a way their future plans. Because if they say, you know, they want to move back to Iran, obviously, and you don't, then that's going to be a deal breaker. So you have to think about that seriously. Yeah. Now, if you had to talk about the type of men you've dated, personality types, I know you mentioned you want a CEO personality, but are there any themes that have been in your relationships, meaning that um, they all treated you a certain way that either you liked or didn't like or had certain personality traits that stood out? Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, their personalities were like... Um um, I don't know how to answer this, but I kind of like some person who has a plan in okay. their head. Like, they know what they're going to do and what's the next step, because this is how I design my life mm-hmm. till now. So I have, um, I have, I'm from a great family who just, you know, prioritize their children, um, till now. Uh, and, uh, so I want a person who knows what he wants. Like, this is first phase, second phase, third phase. And so this didn't happen in my previous relationship. Mm-hmm. And um, by CEO type of person, I meant, like, this thing, you know, having everything clear. I know that um, we are not perfect. Life is perfect, but we can be close to. So um, I think, yeah. Okay, close to perfect is still maybe asking for a lot. Um, but, you know, even you saying you've been here just two years, 
that's not so long to try to meet someone here. I mean, it might feel like it, but you know, you have to give yourself some time and be patient. And I would especially say um, you're going to want to go online if you're dating people. I don't know where you are, if there's a lot of... Uh, well, let me ask you this. Do you want to marry someone who's Iranian? Is that important for you? Um, yes. Okay. So I don't know how many people, you know, if you're surrounded by a lot of Iranians, but you have to make sure you get more exposed to the people that might be potentially your match. So I know the idea of going online for many people is not something they like, but I think you should very strongly consider that because you're not going to just run into the right person. You know, everyone wants to do that, but it doesn't always happen. And especially if you're in a school environment and you're saying most of the people around you are younger, uh, then then what, how do you expect to find that person? It just doesn't work out that way. So I would really recommend that for you. Um, and just being here two years, I know you're saying you feel like that window is closing as far as wanting to, to get married and have children, but you still have a little bit of time. You do want to obviously make sure it's a priority, but you have to be a little bit patient that just coming here, and I'm sure it took you a while just to settle in, that we wouldn't expect you to find someone so quick. It can happen, but don't rush that. Um, but is there any other questions you have about dating itself that you are concerned about or thinking about? Um, um, no, I think that was all. Okay. Um, yeah, but thank you very, very much. Sure. I totally appreciate it. I know, like, I came to you with a huge uh, question. Well, yeah, and, you know, maybe if you think about it some more about yourself and, you know, maybe another time if you did talk, and this is also why I think therapy can be so great, but it's to understand a little bit deeper what's going on for you because there's probably some things you're bringing into the equation, not just the guys that we're talking about, about yourself that either you're not getting close to someone or you're creating some distance. But I think a big thing for you to reconcile and figure out is, who am I and what do I want as far as gender roles go in a relationship? And then you have to find someone who will be on the same page or at least close enough to you that you guys can make it work. Yeah. 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 But Thank thanks for calling. Much. Wish you all the best. Take care. Thank you very much. Yeah. Bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Thanks. All right, we're going to a commercial break. Studio number 310-441-0555. You're listening to In Session with Dr. Fadi Delacqui. We'll be right back. Let's go to another caller. Radio Hamra, you're on the air. Hello? Yes, hi. Uh, hi, how are you doing? Good, thanks. How are you? Uh, thank you. I'm doing fine. Good. Thank you so much for your today's discussion. It was very interesting. Oh, good. Thank Being you. Mindful. Um, yeah. Well, my question is, I really don't know how <laughs> to describe it, but um, let me tell you about my background a little bit. Okay. Um, well, it's, um, I've been in the United States for 14 years now, and um, I got my education in Iran, and I was working there. I was very successful in my uh, career, 
And after I moved um, to the United States, I got married. And uh, because of reasons that was totally out of my control, I, uh, it took me like four years to get my um, green card. And um, so I wasn't able to work or uh, go to school or anything like that. After my marriage, um, I had my child soon after I got married. And I was busy with my uh, son. And then um, when my husband had a lot of problem with um, alcohol and uh, kind of all during marriage, I was like more focused on him, how I can help him. And um, I totally lost myself, you know, I totally uh, forgot myself. And um, so it was, uh, we had a very tough, um, years, I mean, um, house situation was really, uh, really, really bad. Mm-hmm. And um, well, until uh, well, when after I got my green card, I started working just part time because uh, I was so worried about my son. I couldn't leave him at home with my husband. I was. You so, mean you um, were you were worried because of your husband's drinking problem to leave him home with your son? Exactly. Yes. Yes. Okay. And so was your husband so, working at the time, or what was he doing? Yes, he was working. He always had a job. But, um, you know, my job, the job that I had was um, I had to travel at times. And then, um, you know, I, or hours you know, after, after work hours, I had to leave my son with him. So, um, and I, could, I couldn't do that. I was... <laughs> As I said, I was mostly focused just on my husband and how to um, keep my son away from him, just spending more time with my son, taking, taking okay. him to different classes. Was, was the option of keeping your uh, son away from your husband divorced? Was that ever on the table? Well, unfortunately, I never thought about it. I was so, I thought I could fix this. I was hmm. so hopeful that if this problem goes away that then everything would be fine um i guess i was so stubborn to accept that it wasn't working so um until i'm hearing some signs of codependency from what you're describing that maybe somehow you although it didn't it wasn't easy but this problem having your husband have a problem somehow worked for you too in a way, unconsciously. But go, but go ahead. So, because I mean, yeah, if you're telling me true. you can't trust your husband with your son, that that to me means you can't be with that husband. That person is not a father to your child, and of course, I'm sure he's not being a great husband to you either. But anyway, but go ahead. Tell me more about what you experienced, and then we'll, we'll, I'll share some more of my thoughts. Yes, um, you are absolutely right. I think that it was some of like my my own problem that stayed there. Mm-hmm. And um, so after, uh, I think, yeah, like 11 or 12 years, it was like two years ago, um, well, I left my husband. Okay. Um, but, um, well, the problem was, as I, I didn't have, I wasn't independent financially. I couldn't manage um, everything by myself. And um, he was so, um, you know, I, I knew that he's so aggressive. He's, he gets in fight. He, he wouldn't, um, I didn't want to even get into that 
fighting with him over money or getting any help from him. Mm-hmm. And the, the other thing was I knew that he would um, use my son to put him in between us and just to hurt me. So I, I didn't want to give him this opportunity. So I, from the beginning, I didn't show any sensitivity that I want to have my son because I knew he, he's not a responsible man and he eventually would get tired and he would just give my son away to me. So um, when I left, um, I left my son with him. But I have to say that when I left him, he was sober for a year and a half already. So he wasn't drinking anymore. Mm-hmm. But um, after he became sober, all the other problems showed up. And I, it was like I was so helpless. Like I waited so long and I thought all the problems was le- related to alcohol while um, it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, that was his personality that mm-hmm. alcohol was just, um, you know, just highlighting it. Yeah. Well, you know, that's actually, uh, you know, that's a common experience. And I mentioned codependency, and it's something, if you haven't read the book Codependent No More, you might find it helpful um, because even the way you say you wanted to fix things, and it seems like that could be part of your personality. But very often people in codependent relationships, they have a partner who, it could be someone else, but usually a partner who is, let's say, an alcoholic, and they think that once the alcoholism goes away, first of all, they think that's going to be solvable, and oftentimes it's not, that everything is going to get better. Sometimes even they find that things get worse or they feel worse afterwards. So it is interesting that you didn't separate with him until he became sober. Now you're saying it's because um, you saw that the problems were still there, but there could be an element that things in a way worked for you. Again, that the word worked can sound strange because it was very painful, but somehow it worked for you when he actually had the problem and you could blame that all on the problem, maybe that was easier for you. But nonetheless, he was sober for a while and you saw that the problems were still there, that he was being the same kind of husband and father as he was when he wasn't sober and eventually chose to leave. And you're saying you left without your son. Correct. Okay. And uh, because of the reason that I explained, you know, I knew he would, he would, he would use him and mm. to put between us and then um the other reason was i couldn't afford like um to rent a house in a good school district or um you know to afford the this, this life standard that my son was um used to mm-hmm. so um i i left him and they found a like full-time job very you know um nor not not really good paying job or in the level that i used to, you know, I'm an engineer, I'm not, not anything in that level of re- regular job. So um, just enough to pay my own bills. And um, after a year and a half, he was, um, my husband said that he was tired, he couldn't manage my science, that he doesn't listen to me, I don't know how, what to do with him, I, um, you, can, you can have him. And he wants to be with you, so you can have him. And then uh, and I said, well, I would be more than happy. Um, so we were in this discussion that, um, well, I have to mention, like um, for few for the last few months, he he lost his job. My husband lost his job, and um, so he was home with my son for like for the last four or five months. Mm-hmm. And then he offered me to um, to have my son, and then. Um, I was looking for a place to, to get to, to have my son with me, and we're going through this, that 
my husband found a job in another state, and um, he offered us to, to get back to each other, and he said, I have noticed, noticed so many problems that I had, and um, I know where I did wrong, and I'm, I have been working on myself, and I want us to have another chance together as a family because I know if I lose you, I, I would definitely lose my son also, so I have, I, I'm going to lose everything, and I don't want it to happen. So um, he asked me to get back to each other, um, and I, I asked my son... Uh, well, hold on, before you, before you say that, um, so you guys never got divorced? No, I never filed for divorce. Okay, but I you were, were separated were for like a year and a half? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. All right. Now, I, I do want to hear what you have to say, but I'm always concerned when I think parents should talk to their kids. But when asking them to make these kinds of decisions, it sometimes uh, it's not always the most wise thing to do. But so you asked your son what he thinks about getting back together. Exactly. Okay. I asked him, what would you think? Uh, well, I was looking for a place with my son, you know, before this, and we would go looking at the apartments, looking at the houses. And I told him, this is what I can afford right now, uh, but it's, it's going to get better, but it's going to be like one bedroom apartment or something. Um, and he, he told me, well, I definitely want to be with you even if uh, it's in just one room, but um, just let it be your last option. If there is any other option, consider that. So when his dad offered us to get back to each other, I told him, what do you think? And he said, um, it's, it seems like he has changed a little. So this is going to be a second chance to him. Let's do it and see what happens. Um, and he said, okay, so that's what he's going to do. Um, so me, when was back, this? How long ago was that? Um, it was um, this summer, this last summer. Okay. So we moved before the uh, beginning of the uh, school year. Um to the new state, and um, my son started school here, and my husband is working here. Well, our, our life has been, I can say, a lot different from before okay. in a good way. Um, I mean, my husband definitely has worked on himself a lot. He has changed a lot of things in himself. Yeah, so how did he, work, how did he work on himself? What did he do? Um, well, you know, he was a member of this AA group, mm -hmm. and he's very active in it. He goes to Good. all of the meetings, and, you know, kind of his, um, his view about life has changed a lot. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, they talk about their problems in those sessions. I, I can see the effect. And he, he was, he, he was kind of, it feels like he was kind of awakened all of a sudden. He noticed that how much he's losing and he didn't want to. He was like, um, it felt like he was doing everything to, to, to get everything back. Okay. Um, but now here's my question. You said that after he became sober, you said all the problems were still there. Exactly, exactly. So, all the problems were... So I'm confused, um, but you're saying he's changed so much. So are you saying now he's changed so much? He hadn't back then when he was sober? Exactly. Exactly. Okay. He was still, um, when he was so he was still angry. He would get, we had fights every day. Even when I was separated, every time I would go to see my son, we had a big fight. It was like, but I think after he lost his job and mm -hmm. he was home for like four, it was, 
I don't know, something feels like really changing him. Okay. And, um, you know, it's been like seven months that we have been back to each other. And um, our, our home is much peaceful, calmer, and um, he tries not to, you know, he... He never was like this. He asked me about, oh, well, I have this problem with our son. I don't know what to do. He was always, he, he thought he knew everything, even though even when I would tell him this is not the right way to interact with your son, this is better, and he would go, don't tell me anything. I know what I'm mm-hmm. doing. But now he comes to me and actually asks. And um, to me, it's a big difference. Okay, you know? that's, that's he, great. He you know, we're getting to a commercial break, so um, I'm, I want to talk to you some more because I want to see what you guys have done to to work. You're saying he's worked on himself, but you and him have to work on your marriage, too. You can't just get back together as if nothing's happened. There's been big breaks that have happened there. You know, obviously you weren't together for a while and things have to be resolved. And then also with you and your son, uh, I want to talk to you after the break because he might have felt abandoned by you for some time that year year and a half that you were you left without him i know you're saying you had your reasons but to him i'm sure it didn't feel so good or there's a lot of things he could have felt so hang on line after the break we'll talk about those things okay okay sure. all right all right you're listening to in session with dr farid holakwi we'll be right back Welcome back. Before the break, we're with the caller. Let's go back to her. Radio Hamra, are you still there? Yeah. Okay. So you were telling us, uh, you know, it is quite a story you guys have had. You were married for, I think, more than maybe 10, 12 years, and then you separated for about a year and a half, uh, and then now you guys have gotten back together. Your husband has dealt with alcoholism, but has he been sober since then, maybe three, four years now? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, which is great news. And then uh, you're mentioning that you guys decided to move and go to a new state, which is a big change in lots of ways, moving, but then, of course, moving back in together. And you have a son who, he, he's now 12 years old? Um, yes, he's 13 now. 13 years old. Okay. Um, but like I was saying before the break, uh, as uh, it might sound really great on the surface, and it is sound like good news, getting back together and trying to make things work. You have to also put in the work to make it work. And that's, that was my concern that I've seen a lot of families, they do this, they have big fights or separations or things happen, and then they just want to get back together as if nothing has happened. So what have you guys done to work on, you know, there's two questions I had. One was about your son and then the marriage. Let's start with the marriage. What have you guys done to work on the marriage? Um, I can say almost nothing. Okay. <laughs> except for the fact that he tries to spend more time with me and just um, to, to talk a little more because, you know, that was I, was what what uh, is what was missing from our marriage, mm-hmm. and um, I I I never I could never relate to him. You know, I couldn't. It was like he was way far from me. Mm-hmm. I, he was never close, and um, so now he's trying to spend a lot more time with me, like having dates on the weekends, and um, like every day when he comes home, we spend like a couple hours together. Um, 
Okay. Yeah. Those are good things. How do you feel about him? Well, I have a problem. I have a big problem here. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I have had depression. I think I, ha- I always had this depression, depression even when I was in Iran, but I never got any um, professional help. You know, in Iran wasn't like everybody was like, oh, this, this is a normal thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, when I, after I had my son, I noticed, I noticed it was getting worse because I have, uh, I have a compulsive behavior with cleaning too. So okay. I saw that it was hurting my son uh, when my son was born. So, um, so I went to the doctor. I get, I got medication. I was on medication ever since. But sometimes it gets worse. Um, so when we had problems, I was more depressed. And now that I am in a new state that is totally, totally different from where I, where we are coming from. Mm-hmm. You know, it took me years to, to build that network for myself. And um, now I feel I am, again, I'm starting from like zero the day that the first day I came here. Uh, mm. to the United States, and um, I feel my depression is getting deeper now. I, I have, I've gone to the doctor, and he gave me another medication and all of that, but, um, you know, the only thing that I feel good about is, like, my son has peace, and um, he's kind of, um, even though he's, he's missing his friends also, but he's getting used to here, and he, he's doing much better. Um, but I, ha- I forgot to mention, um, you know, back home when I was in Iran, I was very independent, you know, for girls like 15 years ago, um, not married. I had my own apartment. I used to live by myself and I, um, I had a very good job. So it, it always has been hard on me, um, being dependent on my husband here. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, in 2015, like, when my, my husband just just had uh, just was sober, I had applied for a full-time job in another city or in our estate because the reason was that was the job that I really loved doing, and that was the job that would pay me very good money. But it took um, ever since you know it took until this year for them to process everything because it needed, um, you know, very high um, security check and everything like that. The process took like more than two years. But we knew that it was in process. And even when we were together, uh, the plan was, because my husband could get retired from his old job, the plan was he would get retired and try to find a new job in the city that I had applied for a job. Mm-hmm. But, and what pisses me off is, even though he knew that. Um, however, we were separated when he found this job, but he knew that he wanted to get back. As I'm thinking why he didn't try to find a job in that city so I could have my job too now. Um, and now they have asked me to go, you know, to start working, but I am, I am, I am confused now. I really don't know what to do because um, on one hand, you know, I kind of have my family back together. On the other hand, that was always my dream ever since I came to this country to be on my own feet without any help of anybody like I used to back home. Mm. And being able to afford myself and my uh, son 
without getting into any fight or getting any help from anybody. And so... But, you know, so, uh, yeah, there's a lot a lot going on there. Even at the end, how you said that, my, my, I get that you want to be independent, but you said you and your son. Almost in a way, I feel like you and your, you don't see your husband as your family right now. Um, you know, I, I really admire him that's trying to change this age. And, um, you know, he has done a lot for positive, but... My problem is something has broken inside of me that I can't get it back. That's my concern. And that's what I was saying about working on the marriage. And, you, you know, even the way you said, you said, I'm pissed off. And I feel that. I, I was going to even say it before. I feel like you have a lot of anger. And I would expect you'd have a lot of anger towards your husband based on how you described very briefly or generally life with him before. And that's my concern. Of, okay, we're back together. We're, we're, we're going to live a different life now. But I think so much damage was done over those years that we can't just pretend like it never happened and move forward unless we try to work through that. So that's why I was asking if you guys have, what have you guys have done? And for me, going to therapy, and it's going to take some time, is going to be necessary because I think you're very mad at him. And you mention in different ways how it seems like your life has been about him and about your son more than your own life. And I think you're resenting that, especially with this big thing of having the job that you really wanted and being more financially independent. So my concern is you guys are back together and he's doing all these things and making effort and that's wonderful, but the damage from the past has not been worked out and that's that's going to still affect you guys. And that's why I think even the way you talk about it, you're with him, but you're not really with him. You're there, but you're not really fully there as in committed and in love and connected to him. There might even be a part of you that doesn't want to be, and that's worth looking at. Um, but there's just something about that that I think if you guys don't work on this, it's not going to go away. Yeah. You know, every time that we were talking about past, we would get in a fight again. So we decided just to close it and just feel like, okay, this is the day one. Um, but I mean, and I get that mentality, but you guys are going to have to go work on the marriage and, um, you know, it's going to be difficult yet. Yeah, it's not going to be pleasant because there's so much pain. I think you have rage and anger towards him. So, um, I'm not saying go to therapy and work on it cause it's going to be fun. It's going to be really painful and tough. And I think you probably do a good job, unfortunately, of holding on to your anger and your feelings a lot of times. So maybe you don't want to even go through that process. But what I'm saying is that it's going to be necessary because I think the way you talk is as if you're just in that home, but you're not really in that marriage. Right. And, and right. you feel like he's not still, as much as you're saying he's making more of an effort, it seemed like before you felt like he didn't really care about what you thought or felt and you think he does that more. But here with your career, which you're saying is so important for you, you feel like, again, it, it's being overlooked or it's not been made a priority or something important. Um, and maybe it's hard for you to do that. I know you said you were very independent, but maybe it's easy for you to be on your own to make everything about you. But once you get into a relationship, it's hard to make you matter. You make it all about the other person, but then you start to resent them. Exactly. Exactly. That's my problem. Sometimes I feel like in order for me to be just to focus on myself, the only way for me is just to be by myself. Right. It feels to me like... 
anytime I am in a relationship, I, I, I mean, automatically my focus becomes the other person. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. Um, and that's the yeah. problem is that either, yeah, it's either by independent, and I don't mean if someone's independent, they're alone, but it's that you feel like you have to be either alone to get what you want or with someone else, it becomes only about them. In this case, uh, your brother, I mean, your uh, son and husband. So that's something that you you also have to work on. So as much as you are going to be mad at your husband, and I can understand that, I want you to see that some of it is also you that has a problem with making your needs and your wants a priority in the in a relationship um, and that's what we're also seeing here and you're going to be upset but I just feel that this coldness which I think it comes from the disconnection you have with your husband along with the anger you have towards him um, that's there so I, I just feel like you're and and like I said before because you were with him for so long when he was an alcoholic there might be part of you that has a hard time being close to someone which we're in a way alluding to that it's hard to be in a relationship for you so that could be another reason why you were okay staying with him all those years that something about that felt okay yeah that might be the reason I I thought about it a lot myself Mm-hmm. But the other thing that is making everything more complicated is, like, I was, after, like, six months, um, I was separated. I met um, a person, an American, and he was, like, just one year older than me. And, you know, I, was, I wasn't that young when I got married. I had relationships before, but uh, this was, like, for to me, it was, like, um, the first time in my whole life that I really connected to someone you know, mm-hmm. we, we didn't have to explain each other much. We, we would understand each other very well. And he would listen to my, like, to me talking for hours and listening, really, you know, giving me feedbacks that I would, he, he, he was really, oh, my God, he's really listening to me. Mm-hmm. It was like a different, totally different, um, I mean, very totally different feelings. And, um, and he was like, he was very serious. He wanted us to be with each other. He, he told me, "Get your divorce. We're gonna, we're gonna get married." I said, "Listen, you and you know, there is. I have no doubt that you are, uh, you know, the, the first one that I see in my life that I like this much. I have no doubt about. It. I, there's nothing wrong about you. There's no problem with you. But it's me because I need to." To feel that I can manage my own life, even if I get out of this marriage, I don't want to jump into another marriage. I have to, I have to prove to myself I can manage my own life and stand on my own feet here. Mm. But um, you know, but pr- this, you know, this proving to yourself might cost you. And uh, I mean, it's getting even more complicated now that you're bringing in, you know, there there was this relationship that one. Um, complicates things in a few ways but also he made you feel a way that it seems like you're saying you don't feel with your husband and that obviously can be a big problem but you know the idea that i have to be independent uh, you know first of all i think interdependence is the better way but you can be not dependent on someone and still be with them so even if you were in a marriage to me it doesn't mean you're not an independent person but you're choosing to be with someone even though you can be alone but it seems like you're unsure of that and so you want to prove it to yourself that you can but i think you're going to hurt yourself by choosing not to be with someone because of that i feel like i feel like i have to do that first you know to, to, i always go back to my past life and that's not good i know but um 
I have to be in a situation that I actually don't need anyone and then choose who I want to be. You well, know? absolutely. But, but who do you need right now? Does, I'm sorry? So what are you saying? I want to need no one. Does your husband provide? Would you not financially be able to take care of yourself right now? No, I'm okay. not. <laughs> no, I'm not. That's the problem. And that's why I'm thinking, should I just get this job and just go? Or because I've been looking a lot in this city and it seems like there's nothing for me. Nothing has been there so far. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, um, it's very frustrating because it wasn't like I was sitting and doing nothing. At least for the last five, six years, I've been actively looking for a good job. Mm-hmm. And this is, to me, it's like this is the first time that this opportunity um, came up and... Um, I really don't know. Yeah, I mean, it seems like it's it's going to be. Uh, it, you're in a tough spot, I think, because the way it seems like, if you don't take the job and you stay, just stay home the way you've been, or stay with your husband and son, and, and living in the same city, you're going to be very resentful of of them and maybe upset with yourself for not doing it. But then, on the other hand, going seems like it's a very scary thing for you too. Um, so I think you're, you have a pretty big dilemma on your hands and what you just mentioned to me about, well, I was in this relationship and it was very good, but I wanted to be independent, but then now I'm back with my husband and then I don't even have that connection with him. So it's like you're dependent on him and you don't get the relationship you want. Uh, I, I just can't imagine you're very happy with the way life is looking right now. Exactly. You can see it clearly. <laughs> but, you know, but seeing it doesn't mean it's going to be easy to decide what to do next. Um, because either for me, you have to, one is, you know, if you're staying with your husband, you can't just stay with him. You have to make it work with him. Meaning you have to put some effort, you and him both, to create a different relationship. Because this is not going to work. Um, and even in going to therapy, you can express to him, how important it is for you to have this job and maybe you guys could move together or, you know, those decisions you guys would have to obviously make as a family. But but this is not going to work the way it's going right now. It can't continue that way. Do you feel like you have moved on from the man you were dating in between? Well, I haven't had any ever since I decided to get back to my husband. We haven't had any connection whatsoever. Okay. And I told him I was going back to my husband, but emotionally I still feel funny because, I mean, he he introduced me to a whole new world that I couldn't imagine it, it existed, that someone can really treat you this well. You know, I was... But isn't your husband making that effort now? Yes, he is. He's, I don't know, for some reason, I feel like at the end of the day, he's... He's thinking about himself. You know, I don't feel it's genuine. Okay. It's doing it because he really loves me. Well, I feel like yeah. Is. And that's the part where I think, and maybe you're right. It could be true that it's more, it's about him, not you. But also I think you're so angry with him that you're not going to get to see even his kindness and love is going to be tainted to you because of the years of pain and anger you have towards him. So I think without going to therapy for the two of you, I don't see how it's going to work out. And even with that, it's going to be challenging. But you guys have to, you can't just get back together after two years of being um, separated and all the bad things that happened before that. Just think, okay, we're just going to go back and pass, you know, put in the past and pretend like it never happened. It's not going to work. 
You guys have to face that. Right. Yeah. So I hope you will, you know, go talk to him and, and tell him, you know, it's, you appreciate the efforts he's making, but we need to make more efforts together. Uh, I know talking about the past is not easy and it leads to fights every time, but that's the only way you guys can get somewhere. It's not going to work. You, you're not forgetting it. You can say we're not going to talk about it, but it's still in every interaction you have with him, it's still all there. You know, and that's another reason that um, I I thought about before getting back to him. I was like, if if I can't solve this resentment and anger myself, no matter where I am, I something always gonna go wrong because this has to be. This is my real problem here. Yeah, there's that. That anger is very very strong, and and sometimes almost we can want. You know, we almost like having the anger as if it's like we have something over the other person. You know what? I was going to go to the break and go to another caller, but I want to just wrap up with you. So just hang on and we'll talk a few minutes after the break, okay? Okay. All right. You're listening to In Session with Dr. Fadi Delacqui. We'll be right back. Let's go back to the caller we're with. Caller, are you still there? Yes. Okay. Um, so, you know, I actually want to hear what you've been thinking. You had a few minutes even to reflect what, with what I've talked about. What are your thoughts? What are, where are you at right now? Well, um, I, I think you're absolutely right. I have to, you know, I, I really want this to work. We have to do therapy. And that was actually my suggestion before to my husband also and he's uh, he was like i'm going to therapy like every like two three times a week and he, he goes to of, therapy or he means like the the group meeting well he, he he calls it therapy he, okay he says that's even better than therapy no it, he's not it's different i wouldn't say better or worse it's it's different but it, it can be very helpful and i'm glad that he's being consistent with it but you know i wouldn't say it's a replacement for individual therapy or couples therapy but okay so he's saying i'm going there uh, two, three times a week, so we don't need to go to therapy? Yeah, that's what he said. But I feel like he's more, um, he's going to be more flexible to it right now. Okay. But that was his, um, I mean, reaction in the beginning. Because we have kind of like some problem uh, with um, sexual relationship too. And mm-hmm. that was his suggestion. Well, maybe we have to go to a therapist for this. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, for, for me, it's, I know I have to do it one way or the other, but it's really hard for me because on one hand, with him, my, my son has a more comfortable life. You know, my son is kind of spoiled. He's the only child. Like, he has two rooms. He has everything that he wants. And I feel like if I take him with me, it's not going to be anything like that. It's going it's to be a very more, like, simple life. But at the same time, I can't stop thinking. I keep thinking about maybe I should get this job and then tell the um, person that I was with if he wants to move in with me or, you know, I, these are the thoughts that are going through my mind. Because if I want to think about myself, that, that would be the route that I would choose. Hmm. 
I, I mean, that, you know, I kind of, I, I get the feeling when I hear you talk, even when I was saying about not being in the marriage with your husband now, that because of the depression, I almost feel like you can spend a lot of time living in your head. Like you live a life in your head, but you're not fully living the life that you're in. Because I think, I'm not saying you can't do the things you're doing, but based on what's happening right now, I would hope, unless you decide I just don't want to be with my husband at all, but that you have to make it, try to make it work with him. And if you can't, then to make that decision. You know, again, you can say I'm so unhappy with him, I don't want to even do that. But it seems like you'd rather just go through the motions of staying married, but being frustrated and upset than doing something about it. So I think it's imperative that you guys get to work on the relationship immediately because it seems like you're not even there. You're already even, you're still thinking about being with someone else. And so that's not going to, I know you're saying your son is very happy, but he needs to have a mom who's also happy too, because that's going to affect him. Yeah, that's what he says himself too. He tells me, mommy, if you want to take this job, if that makes you happy, I want you to do it because I want to see you happy. Hmm. And that's my concern is your son, you know, also being an only child, he kind of absorbs everything from you and your husband and the relationship alone. He has to take it all on and he might start to see that my mom is down and he might try to take care of you because you're also showing him that type of a mentality uh, by being someone who puts their own needs away and takes care of everyone else. Your son might learn that also. And so he might start trying to take care of you and we don't want that. So you do have to take better care of yourself and become even more connected to yourself and what's going on. You know, if you're in this relationship, then you have to be in this relationship. If you're not, then you have to leave the relationship. But being in this in-between is just going to hurt you and everyone else in the family. And so it's, you know, figuring out what you want and what you want to do is going to be really critical. Yeah, I know. That's exactly my problem. I I don't know why I can't make myself this one way. And this has been going on even before we get back because... That, those were the thoughts that I was always thinking. Should I get back? Should I say, you know? And I can't, I'm always in the middle. Yeah. I don't know how to get myself out of this. I'm so stuck in the middle. Yeah, what were you, you know, I mean, I don't want to go into a big topic, but I'm just curious to know about your own family of origin. What were your parents like and what, what was their relationship like with you and with each other? Well, uh, my parents, no, they they never had a good relationship mm-hmm. with each other. Always lots of fights at home, and um, we were like five kids, and I was in the middle exactly. And I was the like peacemaker at home mm-hmm. all the time, you know, between either between my brother and my father or my mom and my father. I was like, uh, I was like kind of known as the sweet one at home. Mm. That could get, you know, uh, that kind of was closer to everybody in the family. Yeah, but But closer uh, in a way, even not actually maybe genuinely close, but close in a way of keeping the peace. So you understood, you you knew about everyone else's wants and needs and you tried to balance those. But again, your own wants got completely, you know, they had to disappear in order to be the peacekeeper. So... You're, that's, that's, I guess, the feeling I get that you're dis. oftentimes I feel a disconnection because it seems like from a young age, the best strategy you came up with was to disconnect from yourself to try to keep the peace in the home and the other six people in the house make sure they were okay. Uh, that was your 
feeling of safety that you were going for. And then so now in this life you have now, you, you're able to put your son and husband before you, but of course you resent it too. So not that it happens easily, but that's something that you find yourself in, but then you're constantly frustrated and angry about that same situation. And I do want you to recognize it's not about blame, but that you are helping to create that situation. Yeah, I, you're absolutely right. I feel like it was so easy to put everybody before mm-hmm. myself, before this, but I think because of my age, I'm like 45, and it's like mid-age crisis. Also, I feel like, okay, all of my life is gone, and I, I never have lived for myself. I was always thinking about everybody else. Hmm. Yeah, and I think, and you know, the good thing is, you know, light. You still have many, many years ahead of you. So, you know, I know you can be frustrated of how you've lived so far, but you can make make changes, and that's it's going to be hard because it's going to feel uncomfortable uncomfortable for you to really ask for what you want. And I think even you talked about being close to everyone in your family, and I jumped in by saying I don't think you were actually close to them, but you were more just aware of everyone and good at being uh, on everyone's good side and then making everyone more peaceful. But I wonder even when you were with that man, maybe you were afraid of being so close to someone too because you said he was so good to you and emotionally available and understanding of you. And there could have been a part of you that was uncomfortable with that at some level. It felt good but also scary to be so close to someone or to let someone take care of you emotionally. And you kept going back to, I want to be independent, but I think almost your whole life you tried to be too alone and not actually connected with anyone. And so by, by being with someone, I don't mean being dependent on them, but being deeply connected to them. I think it's something that isn't easy for you or something that you've maybe experienced much of. Yeah, it might be. I never thought about it because with this person, I mean, as I said, it was my first time experience that mm-hmm. I, I never felt like I had to play any role or be anybody else. I would, I would talk without even thinking, and, you know, I would just let everything out. Um, and it was a very good feeling because sure. I was 100% myself. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, um, and that, that is a good feeling. That's what we definitely want in a relationship. And if you don't have that right now, with your husband, and again, that's who you're with right now, um, I'd say you have to work to see if that's possible. Can you guys have that? And then if not, make a decision. But, you know, you also should consider if you haven't already your own therapy, because there's a lot you're dealing with and you need to recognize about yourself. Um, I know you've mentioned medication, and that, of course, can be very good for depression, but therapy can also help a lot and even in some ways be more helpful in that it can be longer lasting. So I would hope you do that and go with your husband too. You know, the getting back together hopefully was a good thing, but without working on things, I think then it would make it a mistake. So I really hope you'll bring it up with him again, and I hope you'll go to your own therapy, but I also hope you'll get more in touch with your own needs and wants and make sure you're living the life you want to live. Right. Yeah, I I mean, I tried therapists before. It's been few years that I haven't gone to any therapist but it was so disappointing you know I tried a few different ones and I was like I didn't get any feedback as I wanted so I I quit even searching for it well you know one thing I'll say when you say and many people have can have that experience you know what you're experiencing with me although I'm a psychologist and we can say there's definitely elements to this that are 
similar to therapy, but this is not how therapy plays out. So if you go to a therapist, especially initially, it, it can be much more about you talking and sharing, and you're not going to get this direct guidance of do this, don't do this, uh, change this, or don't change that. It, it takes time. So it's going to be a process, and I hope you'll commit to that process, even if it is slow or you feel that it's not moving the way you want it to. But I hope you don't give up on that. And it's going to be about forming a relationship with the therapist over time. And that'll be some of the healing that you're going to experience. So I really hope you'll give that a chance both for yourself and then also with you and your husband, because I think they both uh, are necessary for you guys and especially for yourself to get into therapy to work on you. have to do it but yeah. i have been so depressed during the last few months that i you know i don't i don't want to even get out of house I was, yeah I, well i mean that, that that's the thing is that when you need it the most it's like sometimes can be hardest to go or to do anything exactly. to help you um but you might also consider are you, are you taking medication right now yes i am okay good um so i hope you'll continue with that but i hope you'll take the you know go go to therapy yeah. Okay. I have to do it. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time. My pleasure. Nice talking. You wish you the best. Okay. Okay. All right. You. Take care. Bye bye. You too. All right. Going into our last commercial break. Studio number three one zero four four one zero five five five. We'll be right back. back let's go to another caller radio hamra you're on the air hi dr Holakri. thank you for taking my call sure thanks for calling uh i have a probably it's probably a general question but how do you deal uh with a relationship when you're a religious person and you don't want to have a physical relationship with a person before you're married but they're insisting how do you Mm -hmm. reconcile that okay can you tell me a bit about yourself how old are you i am 52 52 okay and have you been married before yes okay so this is um your do you want to get married again yes okay and so how old is the individual you're, that you're dating 49 49 okay so how long have you guys been together about five years ago, we dated for about a year. Then all of a sudden, he broke up with me without telling me why. And then we came across each other about four, about, no, actually about two months ago. And he told me that he went back to his wife back then for a couple of years, and it didn't work out. And so, you know, I still adore him. I think he still, you know, kind of has feelings for me. But I am a religious person, and, you know, the older I get, the more religious I get also. So that's an issue for me. I don't know how to reconcile that. Okay, so you guys are dating again now, or you're, what's happening uh, now? 
Well, for about a couple of weeks we were, and then he went to Iran, and then he just came back yesterday. And immediately he called me when he got here, and, you know, so it's like I am conflicted. In the past two months I was thinking about it. Okay. What so, do I want to do? Yeah, so what has he said? He said I'll, he wants to date you, but he would want it to be a sexual relationship also? He wants it to be sexual. He says, why, why can't we just enjoy each other's company? You know, for now, he doesn't want, he's not thinking about marriage. But. Okay, well, you know, what, but I you're saying you do want marriage. I do want marriage. So then why would you want a relationship with him? Why? Because I, I had, a, I had feelings for him before mm -hmm. and the feelings came back again. So. No, but okay. But, but, but I love my faith more so but, but it's not just about your faith I mean but it, you're saying he, you guys want different things you don't want um, you're saying you don't want he does not want marriage and you do yes so well, and but the reason I do is because of the religious reason you mean because, to be able to have a sexual relationship correct out of wedlock I I don't believe in it okay well I mean of course your your belief I can, I'm not gonna tell you to believe or not believe what it is you're saying you know uh, you believe but if you're saying i just want to get married to have a sexual relationship that no, doesn't no, sound no. like that's not what i'm saying okay what i'm saying is i prefer it to be under those circumstances i i feel the thing is though if i do i feel guilty yeah it seems like you have your own ambivalence about it you're not so sure because yes. you said i prefer well yeah i i'm i'm not sure how i mean i'm not sure I'm not one of those people that, you know, I'm religious, but I also am not very um, fanatical about it. Uh, I, you know, I do believe in forgiving God and all that. But at the same time, I want to I wanna stay within, you know, the laws of my faith. Mm -hmm. So... But yeah, I mean, it, it seems, you know, yeah, definitely conflicted internally. I think you're, there's definitely a lot of confusion. You're not sure what you believe or how you want to act. It seems like at some no, level. No, I know what I believe, but at the same time, I don't want to lose this person. So what do I do about it? Okay. Um, I mean, if you believe what you believe, then that, if if you're saying it's very clear to you, then you wouldn't be asking me the question. Yeah. So that's why I'm saying it seems like you're ambivalent yourself. But, you know, as a general, I would say you need to decide what you think is right or wrong, not because of him, because of you. So it doesn't matter what he wants, what, right. what you want and what you want to do. You make that decision, and that's for anyone. If you choose to engage in a sexual relationship or not, it should be your decision, and you should feel good about it, and then you do it. But because of someone else, that that's not that shouldn't be the reason. And no, also, no, 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 I don't think it's because of him. I mean, I have, I have, I have the power. I, I can decide whether. Right. To, but how do you, when you're a religious person, how do you, how do you, how do you, if you want to go ahead with it, how do you do it without feeling guilty? Well, that, I mean, I, I, you know, there's no, I don't know if you want like a Harry Potter spell for me to tell you to not feel a feeling, but I can't do that if you. If you, you, that's why you have to be okay with it. That's why I'm saying you have to feel what you feel. I can't tell you what to think. If you say this is wrong and it feels wrong, I can't tell you to feel right about it. I can tell you, you know, it seems like it's okay for you to engage in a kind of relationship, but you're telling me I believe this. 
So it doesn't matter what I, I believe if you're saying it's a religious reason. So you can tell me, I think, you know, someone could say, think it's, you know, wrong to have this kind of drug morally it's wrong and then they say but i want to do it but tell me not to feel bad it's like i can't i can't change what you feel so if you're yeah. saying it feels wrong to me i think it's unethical or immoral um then there really isn't a space for me to tell you but i think what i'm hearing from you is that you're not so sure and but then you want to tell me you're sure but i don't think you are because it's a religious thing you well, want to I'm say sure, i'm sure it's against my religion that's what I'm sure Well, about. yes, but, you know, I don't know what your religion is, but there's probably many, there might be many laws that you don't fully follow. So I think that's where you might also be unsure. Because there's some, you, most people pick and choose, unfortunately, but so that that's up to you. I don't know, you know, this is a personal thing, a religious thing. So you know what your religion says, but you're not sure if you want to follow it. Oh, I do want to follow it, but at the same time, I'm human. And, you know, I like this person and I don't. Okay, but I mean, if you believe in your religion, I mean, this is, you know, I don't want to get into a religious discussion, but your religion right. was made for humans. So it, if you think the laws were right for you to follow, then they were made for you to follow. If you don't agree with them, then you don't agree with them. Yeah. Um, yes, I get that you're human. Right, you're saying, you. you know, but this person also, you also want to keep in mind that the person respects what you want, the person right. you want to be with. And like I said, he, it looks like you guys are looking for different things. And he wants a sexual relationship and a short-term relationship. And you're saying you don't want that. So also outside of the religious issue, I would say you're playing with fire to create a relationship with him because you seem like you want something that he doesn't want. And then so the closer you get to him, you're already saying you have feelings. The more attached you're going to feel and the more painful it'll feel down the line if you decide to do, you know, you want something different from him. Is there some hope you have that he's going to change his mind? Uh, I'm hoping, yeah. Okay, well, I, and the reason I ask that is many people go in with that, but I would say it's the it's not a good place to start because he's telling you what he wants to offer you, and if you're saying you want him to offer you something different and you hope it changes, you're setting yourself up to get hurt even more. Okay. okay. So I would, you know, think about that part too. Of course, there's this issue that you think I think you should reflect on more. What do I want to do? What do I think is okay, not okay? What do I believe? and all that but then also with him it seems like you guys want different things so outside of the religious issue you have to be aware that you are asking you know you're creating a relationship with someone who's telling you i don't want what you want and that could be a recipe for some pain and disaster you know i hear you loud and clear <laughs> okay so yeah do some reflecting because i think even in our conversation at times you made it seem like you're very clear, but then you would almost take that back or show that you're not so clear. I, I'm clear about what's right or wrong, what's right and wrong, but I also have feelings for him. So I, that's what I'm trying to get over, get over the feelings and go with what I think is right. Okay. And well, that that's important. And, um, you know, you're, you're saying you have feelings for him. You could have feelings for someone else. If the, Again, like I said, people can meet at whatever age and one person says, I want to get married and have kids. Other person says, I'm never going to get married. As much as they might see an attraction or see some compatibility, just the two of them are not going to work. It's just going to be creating pain for themselves. So think about that too. What is he offering you? Is that what you want yeah. other than just you find yeah, him attractive? And, and our ages, I think... Because I've been married before and I have children. He's been married and he has children. 
So we're not that young, and I don't know. It should be less complicated. Um, well, well, I think part of what's making this complicated is your uncertainty. So I know you're saying you know, but like I said, I'd invite you to take some time to reflect on yourself and think about what you want and then you know yes if you have to end it now it'll be painful but it seems like likely it'll be more painful in the future if you guys want different things so right so figure out, figure out for sure what it is it that he wants yeah if he's for sure is against it then yeah be and be open because already i mean i'm feeling a resistance from you of facing the possibility of not being with him you're trying almost even going against what you think you is right or wrong um, that you have to have this in an open way, not just uh, let me talk to him about it, but you have to actually face the reality of it. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Thank you so much, right. Doctor. Nice talking. You take care. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, so a big part of when we are entering relationships is knowing what we want. And many people think they know because they think they'll know it when they see it or when they feel it, but actually we aren't always so sure. So we want to take a good hard look at ourselves and really reflect on what we want, what we don't want, what we're looking for, and first make sure we know that ourselves, but then also communicate that to someone uh, we might be dating and make sure we're on the same page. All right, we've reached the end of today's show. Another reminder that the cruise is this weekend. I hope to see you there for anyone who's coming. See you this Friday, March 9th through the 12th. If you're still interested, you can contact Commercial Travel and join us. And the book of the week, again, is No More Mr. Nice Guy by Dr. Robert Glover. Okay, you listen to In Session with Dr. Fadir Lock. We thank you to all the callers and the listeners and to Raman here in the studio. Hope you have a wonderful day.